Welcome to Entrench, a 21 Pilots podcast. Hello, local dreamers. Welcome to Entrench. My name is Anna, and this is episode 48, Stressed Out. Make sure you've listened to the song beforehand and are ready for an in-depth analysis of track two off Blurry Face. This is a chonky boy today. Um... I also have a new podcast slash desk chair, um, and I'm so happy. It's so comfortable. Um, it's yellow because, of course, it is, and it's it's matching trench, so that's all that matters. If you're curious, I got it from Amazon, and it was pretty cheap, and I would say it's it's good quality, um, and it's, it's ergonomic, and it's cute, which is Having looked at uh, a few websites, uh, actually pretty rare to find cute ergonomic chairs. But yeah, it was like 150 so I'm sure because of that, it probably, um, I'm sure there's cons as well, but I mean, it fits my back, it's comfy, it's cute, so that's all I really care about, um, and it's it's budget-friendly, so just plug in that. <laughs> apparently, apparently that's the sponsor today is my chair. So without further ado, there's a lot here. So let's just, let's just jump right in. I feel a little rusty, but we're going to jump right in. We're not going to be stressed out. We're just going to have fun. Okay. So there's a lot of background. Um, most of it I'm just going to read verbatim from the wiki fandom page because there's obviously a ton of chart background slash fun facts. Um, but first fact probably goes without saying, but in case you don't know, Stressed Out is the band's most known single. Um, it is the third Blurry Face single that they released on April 28th, 2015, the music video was actually released the day before on the 27th, which I thought was interesting because I feel like that's unusual. I feel like most artists always do the song first and then the video. So that was curious to me. I don't even know, like, in the course of No Down Pilots if they've normally done that. I feel like not usually. So I'm curious why that was. But anyway... Um, this was nominated for Record of the Year at the 2017 Grammys. I'm assuming that means it did not win, but I don't remember what one. On January 16th, 2016, Stressed Out made number nine on the Billboard Hot 100, and that was the band's first top ten track on the charts, which is incredible. Um, and so this is when I kind of just spit everything out verbatim. The track topped Billboard's Hot Rock Songs chart for a second week, led the Alternative Songs Airplay chart for a ninth week, also crossing over to mainstream audiences, rising from number 14 to 13 on the mainstream top 40, and bulleting at number 20 on adult top 40. For the chart issue dated January 30th, 2016, the song went from number 5 to number 4 on the Hot 100, the single entered the top 10 on both radio songs and streaming songs. A commissioned house remix by Dave Winnell helped the single reach number 9 on dance slash mix show airplay in its February 13, 2016 issue. The song reached number 2 in its 21st week on the Hot 100. I'm assuming that means 21 weeks in a row. It was on the Hot 100. Ayo for that 21. Um, behind... It was number two behind Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. The single, which led Billboard's Hot Rock Songs chart for an eighth week, is the first title that has also appeared on Hot Rock Songs to rank in the Hot 100's top two in more than a year, since Hosier's Take Me to Church spent its third and final week at its number two peak on the January 3rd, 2015 Hot 100. Stressed Out is the first former alternative song's number one to top mainstream top 40 in more than two and a half years since Lord's Royals in 2013. 
so it was the first in at least two years. It was the first by a duo or group to do so in nearly four years since Funds We Are Young in 2012. In the United Kingdom, Stressed Out became the duo's first single to chart on the UK Singles Chart, debuting at number 86 on, excuse me, debuting at number 86 on in February 2016. That wording is just weird. Um, rising to number 34 in the third week before entering the top 20 at number 19 in March 2016 and peaking at number 12 in April 2016. I feel like that's really high for the UK, but I really don't have much to compare it to. 21 Pilots performed... Okay, last couple facts. Um, separate from charts. So, 21 Pilots has obviously done a billion trillion live performances of Stressed Out, but a notable one is their performance on The Late Night with Seth Meyers on September 14th, 2015. And this was insane to me. They have almost 2 billion plays on Spotify. They have 1,976,690,054 plays. That's insane. I can, I will never be able to quantify that number. So, let me check. Now that we're already seven minutes in, because of that insanity, um, I think it's safe to say this song matters to people. And the coolest thing to me is, it's not just that it's the most popular song, but in my subjective opinion, it still never fails to get old, even though it is their most popular and most played song. I definitely said that wrong. It does get old. Or, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get old. <laughs> I did it twice in a row. The themes and the lyrics are so resonant, and they're so... I love how Tyler simultaneously makes them personal and specific, but also very generalized and relatable at the same time I it struck me when I was listening and writing notes that this song kind of feels like the epitome of growing up in the middle class um I feel like this song is a song for the middle class um at least in the United States yeah I think it's safe to say it's very middle class of them um which is I don't know statistics, but it's it's a large portion of the United States population. And I think I would have a hunch that that's a big reason that it's so resonant with people and that it's been played almost two billion times, let alone, I didn't even check how many, Le- let's check, well, no, the, the video we'll get to next, next time, so never mind. It's also very notable because I have four pages of notes here. There's a lot in this song, um, and every line could just be something that you analyze and discuss for like an hour in a class, and I think that's what makes it so good. It's not just a catchy song, and that's what I love. That's why I love that even with their most popular song, 21 Pilots is known for its introspection and its desire to think and its desire to actively process life instead of passively absorbing it, which is like one of my biggest desires um, and things that I myself just personally have goals to do. Um, I love that this is the representation Ben gets and that really we as the fans get because it's a, it's a good reputation. Let's get into the track. We have a lot here. It's funny because I was just on Instagram before this and I saw a reel where Tyler, it was my personal Instagram too, which just shows that I'm also getting a lot of Tony on Pilots content on my personal, but um, it was Tyler on the stressed out bike and he goes, I think he said like, I love this bike or something and he just like, wheels away into the distance it was random but I thought it was funny and I liked that I I watched that right before I recorded this so okay 
Um, there is a lot here, so let's jump into the song. Nuggets flopping around in the background. Hi, Nugget. Everyone say hi. Hello. So the music in the beginning, um, it's mainly bass, drums, and then a synth line. It's a lot of heaviness, but it's also a very steady pace with the beat. I mean, that makes sense. That's what a beat is. But I also really like that there's this synth piece and I feel like there's kind of a, a persistent synth, not the exact same type of synth, but there's a persistent synth part, I feel like, throughout every track on Blu-ray Face, which is a nice little thread. Um, but I like that in this one, it feels very out of place with the rest of the music, and in that way, it kind of feels alien-esque, which I believe Blu-ray Face is the era where... Um, Josh is generally, what's the word, correlated to an alien symbol and um, oftentimes would wear like an alien mask temporarily during concerts and Tyler is generally correlated to the skeleton even though, I mean, they've both been correlated to the skeleton in the vessel era. But yeah, the synth part feels very out of place in that alien way and kind of similar to how that little bit of synth was out of place in Heavy Dirty Soul because it was representative of like a blurry face sound. I don't know if this synth is necessarily supposed to be related to blurry face. Obviously we know blurry face is present in this song, but also I just noted that the synth part is also somehow nostalgic to me. It just something about the sound just feels like nostalgia. Maybe it does for you too. And so then we get into the lyrics. Verse 1. I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I wish I had a better voice that sang some better words. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sang. I was told when I get older, all my fears would shrink. But now I'm insecure and I care what people think. So much here. I could spend so long on all of these lines. And I actually think I basically have a bullet for um, each one of these lines. So, I wish I found some better sounds no one's ever heard. I think there's a lot of heaviness in this statement, and I think it really resonates with the heaviness in the music leading up to it. Um, specifically, I think he's really starting out heavy with this feeling that there's a lack of originality in what he's creating and there's a lack of originality in art as a whole it seems to be a lot of pessimism he's feeling toward creating knowing that it's always echoing something in a way there's always those people who will kind of be the the rain on the parade when they're like well nothing's ever 100 percent original <laughs> And, like, we all, like, know that, but at the same time, it's it's very much, like, as a creator, it's, that's never, like, comforting to hear. It's never, like, oh, thank you for saying that. I'm so encouraged. <laughs> um, and I know for me, like, I've very much felt this a lot of times, more so with writing. I feel like my podcast is so niche, I never really second-guess it, but with writing or, yeah, mainly mainly writing, it just feels like, it, is this really worth it? Or is it just going to be adding to the noise? Or is it just going to be redundant to someone else? Or is it just going to be supposedly plagiarized to someone else? Because heaven forbid, I don't know every single piece of artwork on the planet. That's a whole other conversation with like feeling someone's copied someone when it's like, realistically, they probably have, don't even know the other thing that you think they're copying exists because there's trillions and billions of pieces of artwork i too wish i found some better sounds no one's ever heard um some better words <laughs> well speaking of words the next verse or the next line i wish i had a better voice that sang some better words i feel like the way this whole song is like it leaves implications 
or how he's feeling about God. Um, there's no direct addressing, but there's a lot of implications because of his feelings and these statements. In a way, it's like he's implicitly blaming God that there's not more originality, that his voice is the way that it is. You know, really, it's a lot of disappointment, which really culminates in the last two the last two lines of this stanza, but um, right here with the better voice and the better words, this is more so leaning heavy on insecurity and comparison, not just frustrated with lack of originality, but also like looking around at people around you and feeling like someone can do this better than me, someone, or at least different than me that maybe stands out more, and yeah, it's really hard not to play a comparison game with any form of art because there are so many other people doing doing all kinds. And in this way, he's piling on doubt to even be singing and to even be releasing the song. But I think that makes it all the more relatable when people do hear the song because he's starting, starting it out and, and running out of the gate with the feeling of like, we can tell maybe he didn't even want to put this out to begin with because he had so much doubt, but he still pushed through and did it anyway, and that's why we get a line like this, and that's how we can sing along to a line like this. Because he was able to push through in spite of the disappointment or the doubt or the frustration, and especially even through the insecurity. I wish I found some chords in an order that is new. Um... Similar to the first line, but with a wistfulness. Yes, big girl. Oh, you wish you could meow originally. <laughs> um, a wistfulness for uniqueness, and he feel it, it feels boring to be the same. I think too is the implication here. To not be new feels like again like. So is it really worth it? Yeah, it, it puts doubt that even your identity as an individual and an artist even matters in this case. <laughs> like I wanted to say hello. Now the Nugget's eating her food. <laughs> Um, then it goes on to say, I wish I didn't have to rhyme every time I sing, and rhyme here I take to be more this frustration, disappointment with being stuck in structure, and similarly with expectation, whether it's a song needs to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, or if it's just you have to be stuck in a certain job, um, or a certain lifestyle or a certain life target with certain milestone goals, just feeling pressure to follow a specific path even if you don't want to because that's what people are comfortable with and um, comfort and familiarity tends to be what sells even though I feel like mm, sometimes it's the opposite. So, but even still, um, just this frustration with having to fall in line, um, just like March to the Sea. I was told when I get older, all my fears would shrink, but now I'm insecure and I care what people think. And, oh, the last thing I, I wanted to know prior to this was there is the constant I wish theme um, throughout all the former statements. And it's, again, this frustration of these hopes being put out there just to be met with the sting of reality and so then in the final sentences that I just read there is this dissonance and kind of the the peak of the frustration um and even potentially having someone more concrete to blame by having been told something but a dissonance between what he was told and what actually happened um, when he got older. And this dissonance would likely um, harbor distrust, um, frustration, 
and nostalgia to relive quote-unquote better days um, as we tend to view the past a lot of times but especially childhood for a lot of people especially in the middle class yeah I know I think that gets spoiled um that gets probably not in the middle class <laughs> for for cat living now she's hunting a bug oh my gosh I think she missed you guys too she wants to be very involved today uh, so enjoy the nugget ambiance <laughs> summertime there's bugs everywhere good girl she's like look at me I'm a huntress she's so proud so anyway and overall it's a persistent insecurity because all of these parts of reality combined are putting to death creation and the desire to create and um, the value of being creative and fostering creativity, which is really frustrating um, because adulthood tends to want to squash all the delightful things out of us dumb reasoning one way or another whether it's this is not practical or this is childish or this is immature or yeah it's a lot of black and white and perfectionistic thinking actually when you think about critiques you'll get as an adult like shoulds and shouldn'ts and this is what an adult should do or you should be a morning person or you should eat this and not this like people really yeah people really be pressuring others with projection and perfectionism um why do we think there's one correct way to be an adult it, it baffles me but people will there will always be someone who, th who thinks there is a correct way people just don't like gray areas man but i've i've gotten way more comfortable with them and it's honestly made life a lot easier <laughs> yeah so if you're ever struggling with perfectionism i would recommend get comfortable with gray areas so anyway, that was a weird random tangent. Um, Pre-chorus, everyone sing it with me. I don't want to sing. Um, my name is Blurry Bass and I care what you think. <laughs> Literally, that's why I didn't want to sing. I wrote alien sound next to pre-chorus. Is this synth line coming into the pre-chorus? Maybe, maybe that's why I wrote it. Regardless, the alien sound is resonant somewhere around the pre-chorus which fits um if we're if we are relating the synth generally on songs to blurry face because this is obviously mentioning blurry face for the first time and so again i mentioned this in the last pod but um blurry face for those who don't know i feel like most of you will know but for those who don't know blurry face is the like another side of Tyler it's not Tyler but he's the what's the word amalgamation is that correct <laughs> um but he's all of Tyler's uh insecurities and doubts and fears and all of that negativity all together that is who blurry face is and so in this statement and in this context it's portraying that blurry face is he's blurry face because he's turned into someone he wasn't supposed to um like instead of saying my name's tyler <laughs> and because of that and because of the implication that he's not supposed to care what people think it also means his brain is messed up at least in his opinion which i mean that's how everyone with mental health struggles feels i would argue you know as a kid i'm sure you don't <laughs> you don't go i hope i have depression when i grow up and so it's just this weird like reality of all the things you wish were not true now that you're an adult that you naively would never have thought of as a kid because and that's the cool part too is like as a kid we just want everything good and, and all the possibilities and the possible outcomes for who we would grow into are only positive of course because why would they be negative um and there's so much beauty and purity to that but that makes it all the more sad when we find out 
um, being an adult has a lot of negative realities. Not that kids never do either, but, you know, the general stereotypical storyline is pure good childhood turns into cynical, realistic, unfun adulthood. Um, which it doesn't have to, but that's, you know, that's story for another day. That's not quite relevant here. And so in this way, Tyler got lost or hidden somewhere along the way. And, um, you know, I think it's important to stop and, and take a second to really think about that. Um, maybe you, I know I've definitely had times, um, and even, you know, sometimes now where it's like, I have to reality check and be like, whoa, like, is this, is this really who I want to be right now? Is this really how I want to be spending my time? Um, I don't know about you guys, but I, as someone who's in between millennial and Gen Z, um, I've grown up with a lot of social media, um, and I'm now at the point where I'm, like, really fatigued by it, and yet at the same time, it's still, you know, it's gotten more and more addictive because it's, there's people working to do that. And yeah, as as new apps come out, like Threads just came out and it really bothered me. Not because people are using it or anything like that. I'm not trying to rain on anyone's parade if they are genuinely enjoying that. But for me, it was like, are people just being so flippant that they're not stopping to think before they add another app? Like, it will, whether you think it's just a good casual fun thing at first or not like it will directly impact your mental health it will and we have plenty of evidence from our own lives and from all these other apps that we've been on that it does not stay positive it never stays positive it always gets negative at some point and usually the negatives eventually outweigh the positives and I just desperately want people to just really assess why you're wanting another app and what is it adding um because I I saw this other post of a Christian YouTuber I love Emily Wilson and she just put it into such good words that I couldn't have but basically it was like everyone's getting excited about a new social media app and I'm over here just trying to disconnect from my phone more than ever even when it's really hard and the bottom line um it was very long post and i'd highly recommend you go to her instagram and um read it but the bottom line that she got to was like i don't want to say that i scrolled my my one wild and precious life away um mindlessly with with mindless forgettable entertainment it was something like that and yeah i really felt that a lot more lately and maybe you have too and so Anyway, going back to, like, are you really who you want to be? Are you really spending your time how you want to spend? And are you really going to look back at your life? And obviously no one's going to be perfect and no one's going to perfectly utilize their time. But um, hopefully we can at least be constantly striving to spend our times in ways that will feel valuable in the end and that it was worth it and that we invested in things that were important not because everyone needs to do something huge and significant with our lives, but because we all deserve to spend our, t- our time doing things that are important to us um, and that make worth that. Wow, I'm getting all my words mixed up, but, but things that make life worth living for you and how you're uniquely made and the things that uniquely bring you joy. So... In a way, I think this song is a good way to stop and pause and reflect that maybe we're not where we want to be in one way or like most ways, but okay, so let's let's take stock of where we're at and how can we pivot from here? How can you bring back that childlike joy that you had um, or that imagination or that sense of adventure, whatever it might be, um, that that doesn't have to be just exclusive to childhood. How can you recover yourself so you're not lost and hidden and covered up by by blurry face? And how can we unlearn the insecurity and people-pleasing and perfectionism of wanting to value other people's opinions 
over God's or over our own. So then it goes into the chorus. Wish we could turn back time to the good old days when our mama sang us to sleep, but now we're stressed out. And that repeats with some all <laughs> in between. That's the most I will sing. Um, so I did think it was cute that, at least in my experience listening to this song, the chorus seemed to be the time when I could hear the piano the best. And it's almost like a an homage to who Tyler's always been, which is someone who, who has always loved the piano and really made piano prevalent in his music. And I like that he tur- he takes all of this first person that he's been speaking throughout the song, and in the chorus he makes it a group thing, and he uses we as the main pronoun. And it really helps it become a better live experience. You know, I know Tyler loves to make things for a live experience, and I like how it's like we can all reflect on our own individual experiences, and then when we get to the chorus... It's this unanimous feeling that we're all sharing together. And I really like that he brings that into communal unity um, and synergy. I like how he says the good old days. um, In comparison to everything he's been talking about, I think it kind of implies that the good old days are when we're not overthinking. They were without comparing, without that insecurity that we now are overcome by. And it was also a time when our mama sang us to sleep. Um, There was an ease to sleep. I think a lot of times sleep can be one of the first things that starts to get wonky when our brains are even the slightest bit off, whether it's just stress, worry, or whether it's panic attacks, anxiety, depression, suicidal ideation, any other various mental illnesses. You know sleep I feel like as a kid overall unless it's like Christmas Eve (laughs) um sleep is never really something you or at least I did not have to think about and it just kind of happened whereas like when I first started struggling with anxiety I I had a really hard time staying asleep and um sleep suddenly became something that I had to be very cognizant of because it was really aggravating and frustrating and anxiety inducing even and because of that um the reality of adulthood where we're now at is that we're in a state of constant unease and I've noticed like even like currently I'm I feel in a really good mental health spot where my anxiety is very minimal and not consistent at all but it's so interesting how even when there's little to worry about your brain will still want to try and find and latch on to some sort of unease because heaven forbid there be none you know like I just think that's so that's so satan that's so evil um that we can't get a single full day of zero worry or at least maybe that's just me (laughs) but I also like how stressed out echoes um, at the end of the chorus and emphasizes the communal experience of this dissonance and this negative shift as we've aged. Then we go into verse two. This is the very nostalgic verse. Um, I'm sure a lot of you can think of a lot of different things for this verse two. He says, sometimes a certain smell will take me back to when I was young. How come I'm never able to identify where it's coming from? I'd make a candle out of it if I ever found it, try to sell it, never sell out of it. I'd probably only sell one. It'd be to my brother, because we have the same nose, same clothes, homegrown, a stone's throw from a creek we used to roam. But it would remind us of when nothing really mattered. Out of student loans and treehouse homes, we all would take the latter. There's obviously a lot of nostalgia here and very visceral memories and I think that's the cool thing about childhood is we can oftentimes have such distinctive memories even sensorily there's a lot of times in life where we'll have sensory memories but I think childhood is especially reminiscent of different sensory experiences like 
random one for me is like me and um, my neighbors who are basically my siblings um, growing up we would always like they had a little bar area in their house and we just take a bunch of the shot glasses and take like 12 different sodas and combine them all and we just thought that was so fun and unique and cool I'm sure everyone did that but um, that was just such a special fun creative event for us um, and a very like sensory taste experience um, and I'll probably always remember that because it was so strong um, and visceral but smell definitely is also like very associative of certain times in our lives um, I think we all have smells from our childhood that are very very memorable um, but oftentimes that's that's the crazy thing like with what he's saying here is oftentimes we'll have those sensory memories but we like never smell them again and when we do it's like we have no idea where they came from or what they're reminiscent of we can't remember all the pieces so it's just this weird experience of like we don't even know how to recreate those memories because either it was like really um subconscious to us or maybe even like it's something that's not even around anymore depending but anyway this this sense with the candle and the smell here um and wanting to make a candle out of it and sell it is depicting this dis disconnection from his past self um, which we kind of already see with Tyler versus blurry face but also this longing to reestablish what was lost and regain you know all the positivity that is associated with that timeline and I like how in the desire to sell the candle he he also says never sell out of it um like he tried but he never would sell out of it because um, even though we can have some overlapping experiences and some overlapping sensory memories, they're also very subjective and unique in a way. Sorry, Nugget is near my candle and I'm nervous. Um, I'm probably gonna have a lot of jumbled thoughts because of Nugget, but, um, yeah, we, we can have very similar experiences with a lot of other people in our childhoods and sensory experiences, but we also... We'll never have the exact same um and in that way again it's like yeah we'll always have things that aren't original or overlapping or recalling something else but also we can still have originality it's like it's always going to be a, a no but it's also always going to be a yes but as he goes on to say with the brother connection siblings are like our closest connection to nostalgia for childhood oftentimes if you have the privilege of having siblings um or parents i'm sure as well oftentimes and even though you can't have the same experiences as a lot of people you can at least come the closest to resonating exactly the same with siblings or family members emphasis on they have the same nose so they have the same experiences <laughs> um same clothes homegrown a stone's throw from a creek we used to roam i like how he brings up the creek we used to roam because there was also a creek that i used to roam with friends my neighbors and other friends i would take them there and be like this is the cool spot it was like in one of our other neighbor's yards but i mean she was a very kind elderly lady and she would let us roam around um, we'd find like all kinds of frogs and stuff over there and um, I don't even remember I feel like I always was like I'm traveling to another world so but I, I like that he brings up the creek and roaming um, because it's very reminiscent of exploration adventure and imagination and all of these positives that kids really revel in and you really just lose your sense of time and um, yeah, kids are really good at being present in a way that adults often find difficult to do because of worry and security and all these very internal, heady things that we get so trapped in our heads and kids more often than not um, 
unless they've had traumatic experiences, like, can be so present and so engaged in the physical world around them so much more than in their brains. Um, and it's such a beautiful thing to learn from kids, like, learn how to just not care and to not be afraid of what others think and um, to just step into whatever you want because it's, it's fun to be present. I cannot tell what I wrote here. Smell, I said, smell doesn't provide a distinct memory more than a reality of loss. Okay, so it would remind us of when nothing really mattered. Um, so even with this smell that he's tried to explain, the point of all of this recollection is because it would remind us of the reality of what we've lost, not because it would remind us of a certain memory. Um, even though it would be memorable, I think a lot of times these sensory memories, they're more just a representation of something because we just lose the specific information very fast. Just like we'll, we'll, we'll know it's a nostalgic smell, but we won't always know where it came from. And then, of course, he ends the verse with one of his double meanings that I love so much. Out of student loans and trios homes, we all will take the latter meaning not the former, the student loans, but also, but instead the latter, the treehouse homes. But also, we would also, in the same way, choose to take the latter up to treehouse. Um, so that's just fun. And if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> you probably already know, though. And then the pre-chorus, and I like how Blurry Face cuts in again, um, because the perspective and the pronouns changed again it went from i and his feelings as tyler back into my name is blurry face and this oscillation throughout the song between like what's what's hoped for and then blurry face cutting in with like well here's the harsh reality or at least that's what i'm trying really hard to make you think because maybe i'm threatened i don't know so then it repeats the chorus and then it goes into the bridge which i love this is one of my favorite parts of concerts when we all yell this together because this is just the cry of the creative right here we used to play pretend give each other different names we would build a rocket ship and then we'd fly it part way used to dream about our space but now they're laughing at our face saying wake up you need to make money yeah and then he repeats that. Once again, just I just love the purity of children that we have to emulate um, ourselves as child, as childs, um, ourselves as children and actual children. There's so much pure belief in adventure to play pretend and to have imagination is to believe that anything's possible. Um, to give each other different names, you can be whoever you want to be. Um, build a rocket ship and fly it far away. You can go wherever you want to go. Dream of outer space. Um, everything is plausible. Everything is possible. Nothing is stupid. Nothing is silly. Um, nothing is out of reach. There's no limits. The possibilities are endless. The exploration doesn't have to end. Just so many good reminders that are still true. Obviously, we have certain limits we have to have like gravity and whatnot maybe like what countries we can or can't go to for different safety reasons but yeah overall it's it's very optimistic in all of these beliefs that we can often lose but that we don't have to lose and in contrast but yeah we don't we don't have to lose the sense of wonder and I really like how it talks about building a rocket ship and fly it far away. I, I did similar things, again, with my same neighbors. Um, they had a swing set, and we'd always, like, swing on the swings. We'd pretend we were on airplanes and that we were flying out to do some missions. And we'd, we'd do tons of missions, um, which were just, like, us. We were more out in the country and in the cornfields, and there were, like there was this this patch of brush in between the cornfield and their house 
Um, and so we would go exploring in there. I got poison ivy one time, <laughs> for sure, but um, it was so fun because it was, like, so overgrown. And so we'd, like, go walk through there, and we'd, like, come out. It, it went out into the road. We'd, like, come out into the road, like, wow, we just traveled miles. <laughs> um, but it was truly, like, so cool to us. And there's, there's just being so small, literally, is so fun because you can explore so many more places that you can't when you're <laughs> an adult and taller and bigger. Just so many fun memories. We would, there were three of us, so it was me, my neighbor Nathan, and my neighbor Kate. And so because there were three of us, we'd do all kinds of things. Like, we would pretend we were in Narnia. I would be Susan, Kate would be Lucy, Nathan would be Peter or Edmund, I don't even know. Um, and they had their chest of outfits we'd, always, we'd dress up in, and we'd get our weapons, and we'd go out and battle for Narnia. Um, or what else? I feel like there were so many different things we would do. We would also pretend that we were... Um, Violet, Klaus, and Sunny from Series of Fortune Events. So many different, like, combinations of characters we would pretend to be that were, like, perfect with our, our trio. But yeah, it'd be like, we'd, we'd just play from sunup to sundown every day in the summer and just zero track of time. Like, we'd eat, we'd stay outside the whole day. Like, it was just so wholesome. And so many fond memories, um, and I hope if I was to ever have kids someday that they could have just, just as many fond memories, but anyway, point being, we all have so many fond memories of just having limitless fun with ourselves and with our friends, um, yeah, I even had just a ton of fun by myself, um, imagining so many things, and then in contrast, you know, we're doing all of our imagining, our creating, being careless, being carefree, I should say. Not careless, carefree. Big difference. But now they're laughing at our face saying, wake up, you need to make money. And just like blurry face throughout the song, it's very much like, here's a harsh reality. Like, there's plenty of people out there just easily ridiculing dreams, ridiculing the things that we were unafraid to, to believe in and even potentially try to enter into adulthood with, um, wanting to be or wanting to do, just feeling opposition and feeling like others want it to shut it want to shut it down, or at least society does as a whole. Because oftentimes the things that get shut down are creative dreams and oftentimes the things that get ridiculed are creative dreams, like a kid saying they want to be an actor or a kid saying they want to be a writer, like for me. Um, not that, you know, I have plenty of supportive people of that, but, you know, out of anything, it's like, oh, you can be whatever you want to be, but really, like, more times than not, if a kid's saying they want to do something creative, it's, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, for sure, honey, and then, like, but really, like, half of adults are kind of like, yeah, that's never gonna happen, that's not realistic or practical or whatever it might be, and that, like, really hits me, and that, like, really breaks my heart. That inevitably, like, I'm sure there's still plenty of that. You know, I obviously don't take it for granted that the United States, of course, is, like, way more privileged than others when it comes to the arts, but also, like, even still, like, yeah, wanting to pursue the arts really sucks a lot of times because it's, the world does not cater to it. The world, really, through its systems, cultures really don't care for it. It's not valued um, because more times than not, it doesn't give you a living wage. It doesn't give you a living. And it's just tragic. It's, it's all about cultural implication, right? How things are valued and, and what's not being said. And what's not being said is like, okay, clearly the trend is like, this is not being taken seriously or valued because it's not given the same living wage that other things are. And that will always be incredibly angering and frustrating to me um, because it kind of perpetuates for adults that it can be okay to like scoff at these types of things, that it could be okay, even though it's not, just because the systems are also against it. And that's just, it's really painful because 
there's so many creative people like today um i went to an arts night out in my town and to just see all the different stalls and all the different creativity out there like humans are so creative like even if people don't think they're creative everyone can be creative in some capacity and it's just such a shame that we we try to rank it as inferior to other things when it's like just as deeply ingrained in us as if not more so than like other specializations are because realistically if we are created by a creator like that means we are creative like if we have the imprint of his image if there's one thing god is is a creator which means we are too so that's my spiel on that um that being said even though it's really it can really be difficult and you know the odds are against most artists um in terms of financial support and living also know that obviously art and creativity like it can mean so much more to so many people than other more conventional things can like what it lacks in financial support it can oftentimes far outweigh in emotionally and mentally supporting others and like if the world didn't have art and creators and creativity like where would it be it wouldn't have half not like the majority of the joy that the world has i feel like half the joy is through nature and half the joy is through art where would we be without art i have no idea so even if societies and structures are not here for it just know that like humans need it you know whether they want to admit it or not they need art and it's the lifeblood that that keeps us joyful that keeps us loving that keeps us empathetic like i don't think we could be empathetic without art so my little art rant is over now um but the song is not the song still has an outro um after the chorus repeats and it's you know basically mostly the same of what we've already heard we used to play pretend used to play pretend money we used to play play pretend wake up you need the money. One thing I will note, shout out to Silas, um, but Silas um, brought something to my attention that I never thought about before because I didn't know when he says money, I never actually really knew what that was saying, um, but Silas said it kind of sounds like bunny, which connects to um, heavy, dirty soul. Death inspires me like a dog inspires a rabbit, so I thought that was a cool parallel even though it's not the actual word and wanted to share that um but i i did know that he adds money in the outro the voice is also implied as being blurry face voice um it's a warped like i don't even know what you technically call that but tyler's voice is warped when he sings this outro and in the video it's it's blurry face so it's imply that this outro is blurry face speaking again or potentially even the only time he's speaking in the song because it is in the warped voice when the rest of the song is not but regardless um the repeat of money is kind of really hitting home on the mockery and the meanness of like the nail in the coffin of like yeah you used to do all these things um and it was pretty dumb and pretty stupid (laughs) let alone like emphasizing money money like that's reality not the playing pretend not the having fun not the giving each other different names being imaginative exploring adventuring with the rocket ship having limitless possibilities opportunities like he's just kind of pounding it in with mockery and it's also kind of like when a sibling's copying everything you're saying it's like really irritating and you want them to stop but they won't stop and it's just being drilled in your head yeah it's very inflamed with mockery and at the very end it ends with saying wake up you need to make money and this further affirmation of yeah like you do i'm emphasizing this even more instead of just ending with wake up you need to make money And so it's that last, like, punch of, like, 
also mocking the fact that you're making this song and have this song and, and mocking the fact that you're doing art and being creative on top of all the other mockery he already made. And the verse I pulled out for this was Psalm 102, 8. This is in the Psalm, Do Not Hide Your Face For Me, which is a really good psalm and I would highly recommend reading it through. But the part that I thought of when I was reading through the stressed out lyrics was verse 8, which says, All the day my enemies taunt me. Those who deride me use my name for a curse. This song is swirling with a lot of mockery, even doubt and mockery of himself, let alone blurry face mocking him. And yeah, I think I think it can be easy to grow up and like be embarrassed of things that you believe, you know. I I know I've had times in my life where whether it's like other classmates who know more than you or an adult or something where like you either say or do something that's very naive and someone like bursts your bubble and lets you know that like if that's not how that works or like you know kind of scoffs at you with whatever that naivete is and it just makes you feel like ashamed and embarrassed even though like there's nothing wrong with you like the world's just broken and sucks and people are mean and want to burst your bubble and <sighs> yeah <laughs> so again as far as the christian lens god's not explicitly in the song but i do think he's implicitly being addressed in frustration and anger and there's an there's a lot of implicit whys going around and yeah this song is just like struggling with a lot of hard emotions but also getting pummeled from external forces as well and that's really exhausting um that's a really defeating spiritual warfare and mental state to be in if it's any consolation you're not alone if you are struggling through a similar thing where you're just feeling kicked while you're already down um the beginning of psalm 102 says hear my prayer O lord let my cry come to you do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress incline your ear to me answer me speedily in the day when i call for my days pass away like smoke and my bones burn like a furnace. My heart is struck down like grass and has withered. I forget to eat my bread. Because of my loud groaning, my bones cling to my flesh. And it goes on, but just know that even David was favored by the Lord, but had bouts of frustration with like, where are you, Lord? And why am I only surrounded by suffering? And why do I feel abandoned? in a lot of stress and distress. I just listened to something the other day that made me cry. Some of you may know of it, some of you may not, but I now feel the urge to give it to you. I'm going to pass it along. Um, let me just double check that when I look it up, you'll be able to find it easy. Maybe I'll keep that in in case you might typing ASMR. <laughs> okay, so if you Google It Will Be Sunny One Day by Stephen Fry, um, specifically, it's a, the website is Letters of Note, which I think might be a blog, but I recommend specifically finding the Letters of Note website because it allows you to not just read it, but it allows you to listen to him read it which is how I experienced it. Um, it's less than three minutes, and I'm just going to strongly urge you to listen to that. It will be sunny one day, um, but it also talks about validating the hardness. So wherever you're at, especially if you're in any sort of negative state, perhaps listen to some Stephen Fry reading a letter he wrote to someone who wrote to him very desperate in her depression. I will be praying for you guys. Um, I hope that you're doing well, and if you're not, that's okay too. Sometimes we hope for things, and our reality is disappointing, and that's also part of being human. You're not abnormal if that has been or is currently or will be 
your experience. So I'm excited to go on and talk about Tyler and Josh doing their handshake on their bikes. <laughs> How iconic. What a, what a time to be alive, you know? <laughs> so with that being said, I want to hear from you. You can email entrenchpodcast at gmail.com with a written account of your 21 Pilots story or your favorite memories you have related to the band. You can also reach out with an episode request if you want to analyze a song, video, or album with me. And if you'd like to contribute to the analysis we've already covered, you can join the podcast Facebook group by searching Entrench Podcast Group. You can find Entrench on Podbean, Verbal, Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. On Instagram, you can find me at Entrench underscore pod. I look forward to hearing from you. Tune in next time for the stressed out music video. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Stay alive and remember, entrench, you're not alone.